Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Matters. Uh, you're listening to Anthony and Sean here. Sean, say bud, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? Good, you know, another day. It's another hectic mess and we still got another day cruising along here. I'm still, whatever, on the Yankees part. I'm still watching the Aaron Judge watch to see if he hit 62, but... You know, uh, I want him to hit it. He He's down here. Yeah. yeah. He's down I, here in Texas. I, I wish we had time to get, go to a game. Uh, yeah. I, I hope he I, makes it, but I hope he doesn't do it against Texas. <laughs> that's the part where I'm, and I'm kind of the other way. I was like, I already told you, I was like, my first and favorite team is the Yankees. My number two favorite is the Texas Rangers, right? So I'll root for the Rangers all year, except for the fact when the Yankees are playing them. Um, Theoretically, which is right this now. would be the team for him to do it, right? Like, well, yeah, I mean, they're the absolute opposite team. They're like 66 and whatever, like 93, and the Yankees are like 98. And I mean, at the end of the day, I always look at this. You see this pitcher, right? I think who's pitching today right now, like John Gray or someone's pitching on the mound today. At the end of the day, when you look at these guys, this John Gray is probably never going to have his name anywhere, Hall of Fame, anything. But he could have his name next to the guy who threw the meatball over the plate for Aaron Judge for 62. So every time he gets mentioned, his name will come up. Right. So, <laughs> I'm just saying there's an opportunity for him to get in the record books. Like uh, Mike Bassick for the Texas Rangers that threw yeah. that pitched uh, the, what is it? The, I think it was the seventh home run for Barry Bonds. That Bonds is 700? Yeah. I think so, yeah. See, all I, all I just heard is the Texas Rangers have a tendency to throw meatballs over the plate. So we'll see if they do it again. I mean, I was excited. I just actually looked and I was like, oh, let's see what the the last series of the season. It means nothing to Texas. The Yankees are playing their AAA team pretty much. It's Aaron Judge and the AAA team in the lineup. But I just I was like, oh, let me go see how much the tickets are since they're out here in Texas. It was ridiculous. I was like, I'm not paying three hundred dollars to go to like the last game of the season to sitting farther up in the stadium just because Aaron Judge is visiting. And I was like, no, it has nothing to do with anything else but the fact that where Aaron Judge is coming with the potential record breaking for the AL home run record. Yeah. My wife so, is from the East coast. We went to the Yankees game last year and went to the game when, uh, the Yankees pitcher, uh, was, I think it might've been Garrett Cole that pitched the note hitter yeah. uh, against the Texas Rangers. So, that was a, a bittersweet game. It'll be the way we maybe we can have that one tonight. The double header tonight. Garrett Cole's pitching tonight. So let's have Garrett Cole pitch a no hitter and Aaron Judge hit 62. And this Yankees end with 99 wins and it'll be year of the 99 for them. So anyway, I digress. This has nothing to do with this podcast. This, our show is nothing about that. So <laughs> we're just going off on the tangent about things in life right now that uh, keep us distracted from the mild stupidity in politics. Um, so with that, I was like, Hey, I just want to throw something out there real quick that we have. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our sponsor, uh, JNS, JNS supply co. So a quick message note from them and then we'll get moving into the show. Do you look for American made products? I invite you to check out JNS supply, a small Texas company where we <laughs> built our brand on God, family, and country. We provide quality, limited-run American-made clothes. Our current run is Relax Fit T-shirt. Use promo code Liberty to get fifteen percent off your order. Come to JNSSupply.co. J N S S U P P L Y dot C O. JNSSupply.co. God, family, country. Yeah, awesome. Definitely our sponsor, JNS Supply Co. They would love to hear from you guys. Uh, they want to talk to you guys, so. That's why they're here and they want to speak to our listeners. So with that, um, Sean, I want to jump into this a little bit. Talk about like the big behemoth that's out there. Everyone is well aware of this already that Hurricane Ian smacked uh, Florida pretty good. Uh, and and this is just something, look, after Hurricane Ian kind of swept through Florida um, last week, the storm has left, like obviously there's still millions without power and the officials have predicted there's still hundreds of, right now they're predicting still hundreds of fatalities. Um the Lee County Sheriff, last time I looked at this, the Lee County Sheriff, Carmen uh, Marcino, told Good Morning America on Thursday that they're, whole, again, they're looking at the fatalities that are in the hundreds. Um, and at the time, when this is, I, look, it, it basically was on its chartered course. Like, I don't even know, did this hit back into South Carolina yet? Because it was, I mean, this is the other day when we started looking at this, right? It was like, it was charting back out and then it went out to sea, became a tropical storm and then came back and started, Became a Category One hurricane again, aiming towards Charleston, South Carolina. 
Yeah, I think um, it's it's already hit. That's why I figured it already cost already. But again, this is something like as it goes on, it's just we want to put out there like it's that prayers matter. Um, this has been something I've been praying for again for people uh, being infected, involved in the, everything in, from Florida, all all everyone involved through Hurricane Ian. Um, and it's not just about saying them; it's actually just actually following through and doing the prayer, providing. And then look, you can provide support. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis's wife is leading the effort. Um. I mean, I, I was reading something too. It was like they raised, I think it was like $20 million in 48 hours. And look, this is money that they're cutting the red tape. They're getting right to the resources, to the people they need. So look, again, just continue to pray. Like myself, I've been praying for the, the strength and restoration uh, for the individuals going through this and the resources being provided swiftly and uh, like the fair manner of the people that need it. Like there's a lot of people in desperate need and trying to like get those resources where they need to best serve and help their, our uh, fellow Americans. Um but it's just a really bad situation that they were hit and that this hurricane right now is showing. Yeah, I think that, you know, that's one thing that I've been thinking about on uh, on my end lately, right, is when, when people say, you know, we're praying for you or pray for somebody, right? Like, what does that actually mean and how do you execute on that, right? And, and, and um, kind of one of the things that I've been trying to really focus on is what am I praying for, right? Like, it's one thing to say, let, you know, pray for Florida, but what are you yep. praying for, right? And so I, you know, pray for strength, pay, pray for a quick uh, recovery, um, pray for the family that lost loved ones, right? There's a, a lot of different things that you can pray for. Um, I think that one thing is, is don't just say it, be meaningful in, in your prayer, right? I think, um, when you're, when you take that time out of your day to talk to God, um, be poignant and, and meaningful and, and have faith in what you're, you're praying for. Um, and one thing that I, I think that, you know, we try to base this show on Christian values. Um, and so I, I think one thing that I heard recently that it's been really meaningful to me is, you know, when you you end your day talking to God, right? And, and um, I had heard a, a, something from a pastor about, you know, well, if I'm, if I'm praying at night, what if I fall asleep? Well, to, you know, that's probably a, a good thing that you're, you're ending your day talking to God, right? Like, I think that God sees us and knows that we're not, we're not perfect, right? And so if you do end up you know, falling asleep while you're, you're, you're trying to talk to God. I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. So yeah. I, I, I would say, you know, be meaningful, ha have faith, being poignant in what you're trying to say and, and don't feel bad in taking that time out of your day, whatever time that is. And while you, while you talk to God. Yeah, no, definitely. That's really good. I, uh, I mean, like, heck I've fallen asleep and prayers right before bed. <laughs> it's, it's uh, like I'm I'm one of that's done that myself. So, what, what uh, better I, way I mean, to end your day? Yeah, I mean that's the part. Look, it goes back with pray without ceasing, right? So you wake up with it, do it. It's all throughout the day. I mean, like everything you're doing, you're putting up to God, um, and that's exactly what we have to do in this situation in Florida. What you're asking for, because um, their prayers are need right now. So it's I mean, like I will say, it's different between people like going to church and they fall asleep in the pews in the middle of church. Is it's a little different, but. <laughs> uh i mean so anyway it's uh yeah so that's what we just want to put out there this little thing it was this piece with hurricane and everyone from florida and all those affected in the path um it's not just the fact our thoughts and press are with you we it's actually putting the effort behind it and again there's effort if you want to provide support go out there. the florida governor ronda santis casey DeSantis has the website which i'm drawing blank offhand um uh, to provide support to Florida and they're getting the resources directly to people without, with cutting the red tape um, as opposed to going through the red cross or FEMA or any of those other government bureaucracies who you'll be lucky if the resources get there in a timely fashion to where they need to. Um, so uh, with that, Sean, actually, can you pull, do you pull that with that link that Casey DeSantis has? Um, yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. Yeah. While you're doing that, um, what I am, I want to start talking about is what, while this is going on as predictable as could be, what has been the left's response to this? 
Um, and in almost a predictable fashion, right, they try to politicize this. It's not about what the needs are of the people affected by the hurricane, right? They immediately try to go after politicizing this. And uh, I'm here. Let me just play. I'm going to play a clip cut from a the reporter asking Ron DeSantis a question uh, about the right before the hurricane. Yes. FEMA Administrator Chris Wells said today that she acknowledged concerns that of Florida's, as was said, lacks response to the storm so far, and that whoa, some whoa, folks whoa, whoa, give there. me a break! That is nonsense. Stop politicizing, okay? Stop it. We declared a state of emergency when this thing wasn't even formed. We've had people in here. You've had counties doing. Uh, they've done a lot of hard work. And, and honestly, you're trying to attack me, I get. But, like, you're attacking these other people who've worked very hard. And so so that's just totally false. Um, I don't think we've ever, certainly since I've been governor, declared a state of emergency this early. Uh, we made sure that we were very inclusive with it. We said that there was a lot of uncertainty. And, and we've worked to make sure um, the preparations that have been done and all the this stuff, you talk to the people at the counties when they've needed something stuff gets there very quickly because of what kevin and his team have done yeah so right there look i think this is ron DeSantis cuts right through the uh nonsense the reporter trying to politicize the hurricane and make it about the lack of response from florida's governor and the florida's leadership right because they're trying to make this like we should be predictably from the left they're trying to make this about attacking DeSantis, right um so but he's his what they've been doing, they've been well ahead of this. They've been operating, right? But you've got to be very aware. Look, again, they're trying to politicize this. They're trying to make this about, oh, well, what did DeSantis do? It's not about DeSantis. It's about the hurricane, the people in need, and re- and getting the response to help them, right? Uh, now, in another area, I mean, in this similar fashion, so what, ha- like, what has he done here, right? Actually, Sean, in quick piece, just throw that plug right back in there, right? That uh, Sean pulled it. It's the Florida Disaster Fund.org. It's Florida Disaster Fund.org. It's a, it's a partnership with the public and private and other non governmental organizations that the Florida Disaster Fund supports response and recovery activities. So if you want to contribute to them, just go to Florida Disaster Fund.org. All right. Thanks. Um, so again, just back to that. So that's actually right there, Florida Disaster Fund. So what did Governor Ron DeSantis do? His wife is leading the effort to creating a fund to help give a response to make sure they can get more swiftly address the needs of their citizens, right? Um, but meanwhile, you have the media right there in that clip that Ron DeSantis was shutting down the reporter on. They're trying to attack him and make him about what Ron DeSantis didn't do. Um, I mean, and then another angle they tried to politicize this, which we're starting to hear this narrative now, is that they're trying to say that Ron DeSantis delayed and caused the carnage and it, it the, he delayed evacuations from the uh, Fort Myers area, the Lee County and Collier counties, which is absolute garbage. Um, because for some context to this, they want you to believe that they need to blame DeSantis, but all the computer modeling, all the Monte Carlo analysis, all that, that uh, FEMA and everyone else in the Biden administration, everyone else in the Florida governor's administration, everyone else said it was going to hit Tampa. So, but again, they're trying to make another claim that, well, this is because he delayed evacuation. He told Tampa to evacuate, but they didn't tell Collier and Lee County. Well, that's because the original, all all the models were all saying it wasn't going to hit there. So you have the media trying to say, to be aware of this, you got to be aware they're going to try and spin this and it's because they're trying to make this about DeSantis, not about the actual hurricane and the the people that are in need right now. Um, So it's... It is just it's there, it's just that we got to be aware. Of the, it's the fact that Ron DeSantis did it wasn't going to come out and cause chaos and say, "Hey, Tampa, you guys need to evacuate. Fort Myers, you guys need to evacuate. Everyone needs to evacuate." Because all you're going to do is get a highway packed with everybody, and everybody's going nowhere. So they do this thing that they kind of wait up to the evacuation point to 36 hours out, and then they make a determination where it's going. At the time, it looked like it was still going to Tampa. So their media is trying to pretend now, retrospectively, saying, oh, look, it's what well, it got attacked Ron DeSantis. He made a wrong call and didn't tell people to evacuate in time, and it's his fault. That's bogus because where was the media at the time um, during this operation, right? And I think I, – I don't have the clip, but you guys, we could pull this, and I'll throw this article in here too. There was a clip that even Ron DeSantis was getting asked this, and this CNN reporter is trying to ask him about, well, why didn't he cause it to evac- evacuation sooner and he he shut it down right there too just like he did the other reporter he shut it down basically because all he told her is i'm sorry was what was your operation reporting where were your your operation during the hurricane they were sitting in tampa because that's where they thought it was going to hit they weren't telling people to leave early they weren't trying to do anything 
So the only thing they're trying to do out of this is create this mo- idea that they need to attack DeSantis and create a narrative that DeSantis didn't do enough. And this all has to do with because of the fact that they need to create this image that the GOP or governor response of Florida is poor to what the national, what you see the comparison to what Joe Biden's doing. Because you see a complete contrast of two different sides of politics, two different operations, how Florida's being run, how the rest of the country's going down the dumpster, and how Florida's booming, right? So they, instead of actually caring about people, caring about people's lives, the people that are hurt, uh, the families that have lost everything, they're trying to make this about attacking Ron, Governor Ron DeSantis. So with that, there was even um, like, so not even just for Ron DeSantis, right? Now it's that was pulled back another second. You see how else did that have this is the Democrat media been politicizing this? It was on CNN further. Now that we just mentioned them that a CNN reporter went after Ron DeSantis, another CNN uh, mouthpiece, Don Lemon was literally trying to make this about climate change. Right. So he had a Noah, uh, someone from Noah's on getting an interview and he, he couldn't even help himself to basically try and make us about trying to push us about climate change. So let me here play a clip from that, uh, from Don Don Lemon on CNN blaming this on climate change and how the Noah the Noah speaker responded. Tell us what this is and what effect the climate change has on this phenomenon. Well, we can come back and talk about climate change at a later time. I want to focus on the here and now. We think the rapid intensification is probably almost done. There could be a little bit more intensification as it's still over the warm waters of the uh, eastern Gulf of Mexico. But I don't think we're going to get any more rapid intensification. If you look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eye wall forming around the inner eye wall. And that's basically the second eye wall has overtaken the original eye wall. And that should arrest development. Uh, so listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change. But what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that that is happening now because it seems these storms are intensifying that's the question i don't think you can link climate change to any one event on the whole on the cumulative uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse uh, but uh, to link it to any one event um, i I would caution against that Hmm. i was like it's such garbage like don lemon is such he's so bad that he like I mean, I can't help but laugh. Like, I'm laughing in the background while this is playing. But it's he's immediately the guy gives a whole response about the hurricane, the eye wall, where it looks like it's hitting um, to prepare people. And Don Lemon over there, uh, Don Lemon still just I always call him Don Lemon just to mess with him. But and then I accidentally just say it directly. So anyway, Don Lemon uh, literally just comes back. The first thing he does when the guys all he says is just focused on. Well, you said you wanted to talk about climate change. No, he said maybe some other time. He didn't say right now because there's more important things that we'll talk about because nobody cares about climate change at the moment when their house is floating down the street. But it's a, it's a statistical fact. Hurricanes are decreasing. The well, yeah. occurrence of these catastrophic hurricanes is decreasing. Yeah, and that's a whole they other They might area. be getting more... Uh, publicized through the news well, yeah. networks, right? Like we have more not getting, awareness of them, but they're, they're they're not getting worse. Well, that's where, and that's where he's trying to make this whole thing, right? So he's trying to make this about something that it's not. It's not that they're getting stronger. It's not that they're getting more effective. You just have more and more media coverage and social media coverage like we never had before. So again, it's another where, Sean, like this is another area that they're just sitting here trying to politicize it, right? And in one last area, just to drive this point home of, understanding how the Democrats are viewing this um, in a hurricane and where their mindset is. It was uh, a wonderful vice, even our vice president Kamala Harris over there, who's thankfully was facing backlash. And I have a town hall article that I'll include in our show notes here that she was facing criticism after the VP said that aid will be based on equity. So it, we, while everything's going on, she said is basically saying that we have to address this in a way that, is about giving resources based on equity and understanding that we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity. And she went on to add, if we want people to be an equal in an equal place, sometimes we need to take into account those disparities and do that work, end of quote. Which, so right, Sean, that right there, again, it's, you can't tell me that the blatant hatred and racism that you think someone's immutable characteristic should be a benefit of why they should be given resources more, not the fact that, like if you have families that are 
literally being harmed by the hurricane, lost everything they have. And well, sorry, your skin color is the wrong color. So you, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to wait. And you want to tell me that's not racist? It It's like the, the Democrats have the same playbook from. Oh, it's everything. Yep. That everything's from, always racist. From the beginning, right? Like, oh, we're here to help you. But they just play into the race card, right? Like, oh, you're black. You can't help yourself. You need our help, right? But everybody's waking up to it. Yeah. They're not changing their tune, and, but everybody's waking up to it. Yeah. And every single time, like that exact response, it's racist in its own. To sit here and think that anyone for any given reason, like they're incapable of your assistance because of an immutable, mutable characteristic they have. It's like um, the former vice president said, you know, black people don't have computers or they don't have access to the internet, right? Well, they, like, yeah, they automatically think, or what was it? Uh, what was it? No, Nancy Pelosi just said it. The, the thing that she's getting raked over the coals for, well, no, like for Ron DeSantis, like sending the Im- immigrant flights up to like Martha's Vineyard. Um, which by the way, if we ever want to take a lesson for how to handle like the open border situation, how to get people a response quickly within 48 hours, we should just follow the Martha's Vineyard model and, uh, we'll get, we'll take care of illegal immigration real fast. I was like, I'm just saying, but I, but I digress. That's a whole other. <laughs> well, are they really taking um, care of it or just passing no, it on to somebody just pass- else? Cause all no, they exactly. did was just send them to a, a national no, guard they, base. They sent them to the base. Yeah. That's not actually what we should do. It's the... So what Nancy, it was like the thing that Nancy Pelosi said just the other day was, what did she say? Oh, it was actually harmful that they're sending the illegal immigrants up from Florida to up north because this is Nancy Pelosi's word that they need people to pick crops. Um, so you're, again, you're telling me these people have endless spewing hatred and racism and other stuff in them, but they always project what they're doing onto the Republican Party and conservatives and everyone else that disagrees with them. Um. But that was just Nancy Pelosi the other day. I mean, look, they, they continue down this path. And, and so even Tesla's CEO, billionaire over there, Elon Musk, came out basically but in response to Kamala Harris about the equity distribution. He said, quote, it should be according to the greatest need, not race or anything else. There's nothing else that needs to be said there. It's that those who have the greatest need should be helped in order to triage the problem. And even further, it was actually... This was the Ron DeSantis' the, press, sec- press secretary, Christina. The greatest need doesn't get them votes, though. No, and that's exactly what it is. Because all it is to them, it's always about buying a vote. It's always about the next election, the next vote, and somehow you still have Democrats that vote for them and think they actually care about them. Um, so in the same thing, there was the Ron DeSantis' pre- press secretary, Christina Pushow, uh, responded to this too, saying, right to VP Kamala Harris, saying, this is false. The VP's Kamala Harris's rhetoric is causing undue panic and must be clarified. FEMA individual assistance is already available to all Floridians impacted by Hurricane Ian, regardless of race or background. Right, Sean? Like this shouldn't even have to be said, but this is where we are because, like we've been pointing, they point out here, this is what they focus on. They focus on your skin color. They focus on amiable characteristics. They focus on things that actually divide you, and they spew their own problems of hatred. I mean, look, this just goes back to the same part, Sean, of what we've talked about seems to be a very consistent theme that the liberals, this liberal mindset today is lacking value of human life, right? Because if you approach this in the hurricane, if you cared about life, that's what you'd be focused on, not the fact of someone's color of their skin. So it's odd, Sean. I mean, we keep hitting this theme no matter what we do. I didn't know this was going to be a theme that we're going to run through every one of our episodes, but <laughs> their lack of value humanity and the lack of – it really stems to – once you really understand it, like we talked about in the previous episode, it really helps you understand and assess where they are and who what they believe. Um, I mean because to them, it's party over country, party over everything. It's always about their control or – I mean from right there with like what we have the clip that we heard from Don Lemon, it was always about the green energy anti-life position more than the value of human life. Because they don't care about the human life. He cared right away about making about climate change. So tell me again how this isn't an anti-life religion to them. This is exactly why we sit here and say, look, from a Christian perspective, where Sean and I are coming from on this, that we're, it's, we believe, look, we're called to be involved in society and influence society. Like Daniel was an advisor to Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible um, without compromising his faith. Like that's a big piece. 
It's this idea that for some people to bury their head in the sand or for Christians to say that they should just ignore politics and just bury and preach the gospel. Well, I'll put it this way. So C.S. Lewis, one of the most well-known theologians, actually said this best, quote, religion must occupy the whole life. There is no question of compromise between the claims of God and the claims of culture or politics or anything else. God's claim is infinite and inexorable. You can refuse it or you can begin to try to grant it. There is no middle way. Yet, in spite of this, it is clear that Christianity does not exclude any of the ordinary human activities. Um, That's what C.S. Lewis said in uh, Learning in Wartime. Further, he went on in Christianity and Culture and said, quote, Our leisure, even our play, is a matter of serious concern. There is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. End quote. This idea of preaching the gospel is only one that Christians, that, that the only preaching solely the gospel is the only way that Christians can change hearts and hearts and minds. And this is something that I couldn't disagree more with because it, to me, it, it represents too narrow of an understanding of the work of God's kingdom and the nature of the gospel message, right? It's not just to say, to say, trust Jesus, be forgiven of your sins, and all right, you have a free ride to heaven. Um, that's wrong. It's like the gospel message is that, like, and everything, it says it's the good news about life. Now, in so in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus said, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all all that I have commanded you. Jesus didn't say, teach them part of what I command you, or maybe not over here in this area, or maybe not over there in this area of your life. He said all. And this includes everything within the gospels and the epistles. Um, And I mean, everything that Jesus always did pointed back to the Old Testament, right? So you go all the way back to this, give this the broad sense of how they view this and what Jesus was pointing to. This shows us that we are to teach the entire Bible. Thus, teaching the whole Bible Bible must be included, include teaching what the Bible says about civil government. So Christians should learn from the Bible how to influence governments for good. And this was actually said by, uh, in Dr. Wayne Grudem's book on politics, according to the Bible, Look, he put it this way, that the way, what, how do you view what a, a Christian is and how to influence it? The, this quote, significant influence view says that Christians should seek to influence civil government according to the God's moral standards and God's purposes for government as revealed in the Bible. But while Christians exercise this influence, they must simultaneously insist on protecting the freedom of religion for all citizens. And to do this, we must transform our mind and life and and this is this is now for me. This isn't from Dr. Wayne Grudem, but but to do this, this is something that we have to transform our mind and our life and surrender our total life to God. This isn't about select areas. And even further, though, when you look even deeper into this, in Romans twelve two, it was Paul that told us, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what's God's will in His good and in His good is pleasing." And perfect will. So all this that is which is is to be done in a kind, loving, and persuasive manner that is suitable to the circumstances in question, but it protects the rights for those to disagree, and and but more most importantly, but it's uncompromising of the truthfulness and the moral goodness of God's word. So Sean, I'd lay that out because it's important to understand the truthful position where we're coming from. Um, and why, when people say it's like this idea of a Christian shouldn't be involved in politics and how they view this, and that's exactly, it's a very narrow view. It takes a very narrow view of understanding of the Bible as opposed to the whole counsel of God. Yeah, I think you can just, just I think that's, that's perfectly said, right? And, and I think that if you take that one step further in, in where we're at today and what we're losing in America— uh, or maybe it's not a step further. It's just the basics, right? What 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 does yeah. the Bible say, and what does Jesus say? Love your neighbor, right? 
we have this constant battle of us versus them, right? Instead of having a conversation and understanding where somebody's coming from and trying to take a, a biblical approach, right? A, a godly approach to to a conversation, we automatically get into these tensions and these disagreements and these fights against each other because we don't love each other, right? And that's the narrative that that is being pushed across the media, this propaganda that's going around our country is, is it's you versus them when it's it, it shouldn't be that way, right? We're all yeah. in this together. We're in this struggle together. Uh, hey, it's fair enough that somebody wants, you know, has a belief in the climate. I, I, I'm here to pluck uh, protect the climate as well, right? But I think there's a the proper way to do it, right? Uh, and if you don't if you don't come to that conversation loving each other, accepting each other, then you're never going to come to a greater solution or an understanding of that, right? So I, I think that you, we need to again just reiterate that the foundation of the Bible to love each other. Yeah, no, I say it's. That's really good. It's, I mean, it's so true. And this is where, again, we definitely come off and it may come off very much at times that we're over, we are purposely being overly critical of certain areas because we, if we continue to say this, because we're looking at this from a Christian and a constitutional conservative worldview, right? So that's where we're going to look at, we're looking at it from the lens of these things. But at the same time, nothing that we do doesn't come from how, how we assess this first as a from a biblical worldview. And then, yeah, a lot of the things, everything we're seeing when we're standing, speaking for truth, doing these things, what you're seeing today is because it goes directly against what we true. What we know, what everybody, we know in our heart is wrong. What we know in our heart, heart is right and wrong, right? When we know uh, pedophilia is wrong, like this whole idea of like sexualization of children in schools, like transgender story time in libraries. We know these things are wrong. Five years ago, it wasn't even a question if pedophilia was wrong. Today, the Democrat Party is openly accepting it and pushing it as to try and normalize pedophilia. So again, this just gets back to understanding of why and where and how to influence these things. You know what's wrong. You know in your heart, whether it's from a Christian view, conservative view, whatever your view might be, even if you're a Democrat, you know what is right and what is wrong. And that's what we need to be speaking up to be to have deeper discussions about. And you know, silencing others others' opinions is wrong. And we always need to be have to have that have that civil discourse if you want to have a growing and thriving society. Um, you, you know, one one last thing that I, I I want to say on that, and this this might ruffle, ruffle some feathers, but I think it needs to be said because the growing population of the Democratic Party is suburban white women who. On the underlying, if you ask them directly, would say that they're a religious-based foundation, right? Yeah. So, so it's a, it's it's perfectly okay to be accepting and understanding of people, right? But you need to morally look at where you draw the line and what's right and wrong, right? Not only like personally, right, but biblically, right? Like if if you say that you're a you're a God-fearing person or that you're a faith-based Christian, then you, you have to look and draw the line and saying this, the things that are happening in this country, forget the world in this country are, are not, are not right. Right. And if you can't, if you can't do that, then you need to internally look inside and say, why, you know, yeah. what, what challenges am I facing? Yeah, no, it's very true. Um, so yeah, let me. I'm gonna to turn the, this page slightly, but it proves right to this point. Um, when you understand your very narrow and manipulated view of the Bible, there is probably no one better than this right now than the Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock for running for the seat in Georgia. And this is something that so look, I'll throw this in there. It's a Daily Wire article that by Brandon Trey on September 28th that called Dem Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock on abortion. Quote, even God gave us a choice. So Warnock said at a rally in Atlanta before seniors that even God gave a choice regarding abortion. Now, it's actually a, this whole idea that he thinks that he – and then he simultaneously goes in his little thing and says that it's – this guy claims to be a self-described pro-choice pastor – 
And he also has a quote, I have a profound reverence for life, right? That doesn't make any sense. You're, you're con- those are contradicting statements. But, I'm a well, pro-choice pastor. Yeah, you're, it's exactly the opposite. And that's where it's this idea of this guy. Honestly, look, if you want to talk with someone who's probably one of the, bi- the biggest anti-life heretic, heretic pastors, it's Raphael Warnock. Because he's not preaching anything from the Bible. He's not preaching from a biblical worldview. He's not sticking to biblical doctrine. He's taking one piece of it. And he, even he came back and said, he's like, but I also have a deep respect for choice. Again, they're polar opposites. You either believe in life, believe that murder is wrong, or you don't. And you believe it's okay to murder. And that's not a biblical view. So um, there's that piece, right? So, and then the other, another area of um, just stuff that completely goes into the bucket of liberal stupidity. It was on the v- ABC's The View. Uh, there, I have this Breitbart article that it was from Joshua Klein on September 30th. Whoopi Goldberg refers to the to unborn child as a, quote, toxic thing in the mother. So again, Sean, this goes back to this mindset of how this, the Democrats and liberals today are viewing the value of life. So Whoopi Goldberg was referring to an unborn child of a mother having a, quote, difficult difficulty with a pregnancy, and that requires an abortion. That is a toxic thing within a mother. And so this is what appearing, and this is what she said on the latest episode of from Chris Cuomo's project. She just said, it's look, it's an, I think it's negative that you change the law that's 50 years old, that you didn't do enough homework about seeing what the consequences are before, for women. She said, quote, and then not black women or Asian women or Hispanics, just women generally. Quote, you change the law without even having information of what it means for someone who has having birth difficulties and pregnancy that requires them not to keep this toxic thing in. So this whole idea, again, there's a lot of things that happen throughout pregnancy and all different things occur, right? But it doesn't take the, what never changes is that value that the sanctity and the, and the dignity and the worth of that human life. But in the liberal mindset, here it is. They view life as a toxic thing. So you have Democrat Senator running for office still who needs to lose a seat, Raphael Warnock, who is okay with being with the anti-life position yet tries to claim that he has a reverence for life. And you have Whoopi Goldberg sitting here saying from an unbiblical view that she just comes off in the position and says that it's having a child in the womb. If the mother believes there's something for many different various reasons, it's a toxic thing. And if you have that mindset, yeah, you can come away with this idea that it's okay just to end something because it's toxic. Well, I, you know, I, I think that, um, to, to play fair here, right? Like I, I, I don't, and I think that a lot of times we might come off across as like, after I just say it's not us versus them, right? It's yeah, we, that's what we, we have point, to lay out the point. We we point out a lot of a lot of wrong that we see, right? But if we if we take a step back and play devil's advocate here, right, and say that okay, maybe Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg is taking the position of like a stillbirth, right? Or, or you have, a, um, I, I really can't think of any other example except for a stillbirth and her assessment of a, a toxic thing inside of you. Right. But like abortion is not for stillbirth. Abortion is not for medical problems, right? Whether, whether it be with the mother or, or, or the child, right? If, if, if there's, if there's, in the most basic example or example, right? If if there's a stillbirth, that's outside of the scope of abortion, right? Abortion is not saying that like you 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 have to carry a, you know un, an unfortunate event in your in your body forever, right? Like it's just saying that if you have a li- a living viable human being inside of you, you can't kill it. It we're, the whole point is to protect life. Right, when you go to California, it, it, it's up into an afterbirth, right? Like yeah. we're we're not we're not trying we're not advocating for and and nobody's advocating for the the worst case scenario, right? Like there's obviously like medical procedures and and other caveats to this stuff, and we're not taking away the ability. We're just saying that it's not the federal government's responsibility to have any way in in this it's the it's the people it's the state who makes that decision but no state is saying if you have a stillbirth that you 
you can't, you know. Well, they try to make it about move like, on with that procedure. I don't even know what the right medical terminology is, but we're talking about well, the those are two you different have a things. Viable being in your in your body that you're growing and you want to kill it. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. We're talking about two different things. Like they did this about atopic pregnancies and all these. They try and make it all about the stuff that it's not. They try and make this this claim like this from the left saying, "Oh, they're going to end birth control and all these things." That's not what's been done here. It gave the rights to states to make their decisions um, for their state. That's what overturning Roe v. Wade did because um, it was an unconstitutional precedent from the beginning that the federal government never had the right to make. Um, but it still gets back to it goes back to this whole point. If you go down that path, Sean, that you believe these something's toxic, that she goes on Whoopi Goldberg's further says like, well, what determines something to be viable? If just and this gets back into the trying to dance around the Stacey Abrams that oh, a heartbeat at six weeks doesn't mean anything. To be very clear, these are the same people on the left with this green energy, climate change movement, all this stuff, right? Um, we're searching for life in Mars, but if they find one speck of life, right? If you sign, if you, if they find one cell in Mars, all of a sudden that life matters, right? So life matters in that perspective for them. And then when you have to do and change everything, but when it's actually a living child in the womb, it's an unborn child. Well, then it doesn't matter. It's a toxic thing from according to what we go over. But you only come to that level of mindset with such a distorted view of humanity. Um, so with that, I want to turn to what we have is a, an article that was in just the news that what was this? So it was called about, is there an enemies list? The fed backed censorship machine targeted 20 news sites. So the question comes into this, right? Does the federal government have enemies lists? And the answer is coming more and more prominent that there is, there was, this is again, comes back into this, what through a public, public, public private partnership with the government. And there's a private consortium that has reported about election, quote unquote, misinformation to tech platforms during the 2020 election in consultation with federal agencies. So right there, you have the public and a private partnership, which, ladies and gentlemen, that is literally the definition of partly what comes in fascism. Um, so in this public-private partnership, they're working with these agencies and they are targeting to censor Certain websites like Just the News, the New York Post, Fox News, the Washington Examiner, the Washington Times um, were among 20 of the most prominent domains across the election integrity incidents that were still being cited in tweets that were flagged by this, quote, election integrity partnership. Now, first off, Sean, I find it amazing. They always have an amazing ability to call something that they're completely not. So they call this group, this election integrity partnership, when it has nothing to do with election integrity. Right. So the groups that are calling out actual things about election concerns, questions, anything about actual election integrity. The Democrats all told us if you cared about election integrity, it was racist. That's what they said. Everything's always racist and you're suppressing votes. No, that's not remotely true. But here they created this group called this Election Integrity Partnership, which which was the Stanford Internet Observatory, the University of Washington Centers for an Informed Public, the Think Tank, the Atlantic Council and social media analytics firm. Grafica claimed that their consortium had – this is what the group that made up the Election Integrity Partnership. They claimed that they had a 35% success rate getting flagged content removed, throttled, or labeled as misinformation or disinformation. So this is also the Department of Homeland Security's and Infrastructure's security agency that under the State Department and these liberal groups – Working in partnership, worked in partnership with the DNC and also flagged as well misinformation. So again, this just goes back to look, right? So uh, Breitbart News Chief, News Editor Chief Alex Marlowe, he wrote how this, look, this comes back to the definition of disinformation is now any reported facts that go against the worldview of the political establishment. And it was Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton that even further went and said, look, we're in the middle of what I call the Great Suppression. So, Sean, anything, they're creating a list going after media agencies, and there's, it's all coming, it's been proven that they're working with a public and private partnership to go after and target people that disagree with the government. So, if you say something, go out of line, do something, they're going after these news agencies again. Seems like it, we've heard this before. It's a continuous Seems pattern. Like it happened sometime in the 40s, I want to say. Well, no, I think uh, uh, Nazi Germany did that too, right? Well, if Nazis you, did this, yes. If you spoke out against the government, you were an enemy of the state, 
right? Yeah. Well, this is, and that gets back to, I mean, like this is the path that we continue to go down that the government's working hand in hand to determine what is right, what is wrong. And they're telling the media and big tech who to censor and who to, and it's basically, if you stand against the government, you stand against the Biden administration, that's who they're censoring and that's who they're targeting. So this idea that continue, continues to come out and everything we're seeing, one thing after the next is whether they're targeting um, parents that are speaking up at school boards or they went after Donald Trump and they're targeting everyone throughout who's anywhere worked in the sphere of Donald Trump. They continue down this path. So there are these active lists. And now this further proves that the State Department had been working in a public-private partnership with these groups under this quote-unquote election integrity partnership to specifically target everybody that was all, at the end of the day, all right-wing media. So again, this goes back to that we need to be able to have open conversation and civil discourse, that they're trying to censor, they're trying to silence a different point of view, which again goes against a biblical worldview. Because you want to have people the freedom of speech. You want to have people to be able to have the talk and have disagreement. But yet again, you're being silenced, you're being censored, you're being targeted. So the, here's the feds creating an enemies list, right? That's a great concern. And what and so what does that lead to, right? So if so if you question anything, that's what it leads to. You're being censored, you're being silenced. And this is what continues as we continue in this, what we previously just were just talking about, this post Roe v. Wade error. We've seen them take the same targeting and go after people of faith. And in particular, when they recently went after Mark Hawk, a pro-life activist. Um, now in context, like so Mark Hawk, there's more was the act pro-life activist who had his house raided by the FBI. It's worth noting, like, look, this is something that more evidence is coming out right now that the Joe Biden administration clearly targeted the pro-life man and his family when they did their little shock raid with the FBI. I think it was like 20 to 25 armed FBI agents that went to his house, raided it, pointed guns at his head, and arrested him in front of his wife and his seven young children. So again, was Mark Hawk another one of these guys that they had an enemies list out there because he's a pro-life activist? Um so Mark Hawk is a, is a, who is he? So he's a founder and the president of the King's Men. That's a group dedicated to helping men become better husbands, fathers, and leaders. And it was Joe Biden's administration that pushed and had the lead from under AG Merrick Garland. The FBI has raided his home and arrested him under the bogus charge, which actually they arrested him under a bogus charge under the FACE Act. Um, but his actual charge for quote unquote assault was already thrown out in court. So now the Biden administration's currently becoming coming under fire for weaponizing the FBI and the Department of Justice for targeting pro-life conservatives. Again. So, again. So again, Sean, this all these things seem to be a very consistent pattern, very consistent pattern. Going after people that disagree with them, silencing them, censoring them. Um and accordingly to attorney from the Thomas More Society, Peter Breen, who's the vice president and senior counsel uh, representing Mark Hawk. He, this is actually interesting. So they, he was already in conversations with them. Look, they, um, and he said, Hey, my client over th about three months ago would turn himself in voluntarily. So what's the point of the raid? But to what? Send a message and threaten and intimidate pro-life activists or people that speak out against the government or have their own individual thoughts, beliefs, or like um, basically can critically think for themselves. Um, so what the FBI tried to come in and say that they're charging with was under the what's the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, which the FACE Act bars the use of force to interfere with or coerce reproductive health providers. Now, so a little bit of background on what this was. Um, it was actually in the early of the fall of 2021. Mark Hawk was involved in an incident outside of Philadelphia abortion business where an anti an anti-life abortion clinic activist uh, had reportedly bullied and intimidated Mark's 12-year-old son, who was with him to help sidewalk counsel and encourage women to choose pro-life alternatives or choose the value of human value. Um, like to value human life. And after mobile verbal assaults, the anti-life activist was started getting in Mark Hawk's son's face. So Mark Hawk pushed him back and he fell. 
So like probably most of these guys, he probably felt like like a wet paper bag. Not to mention, Sean, when you think about so, this, right? So rightfully so, doing what any parent would do, yeah, to defend your their son. child. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But and and then this. Well, well actually, I had to point out a fact here. So the FBI just raided him and arrested him, right? But this was an event that happened in, happened in the early fall, and his attorney, they've been in conversations throughout this about this face act charge they want to go after. He said he would have turned himself in three months ago. But if it was such a dire threat and this guy was so whatever, cr- such a criminal to the FBI, why was this in from the early fall and they didn't they just went and raided to get him to arrest him now? It took him a year for a guy who's such a concern that you needed to conduct an FBI raid with 20 or so eight armed agents storming into his house and arresting him in front of his kids. Like that's the part to me. Is this taking you if he was such a threat, you would have taken off the street right away. But he wasn't because this has never been about that. Now, the actual incident where he had the assault on the wallflower who fell over, the incident was so minor that the charges were never pressed. And a court, the court ultimately dismissed it, dismissed the complaint that the abortion activist filed. Again, Sean, like you said, this all because he was defending his son, which any loving father, parent, anything is going to do the same exact thing. It's which uh, this is just it still just astounds me right so this there while they're having this whole conversation it was it's been going on for months it happened a year ago they try to make it like such a threat raid his home um all to what intimidate a pro-life activist that's what it really looks like all you're trying to do is intimidate a pro-life activist and then what they even had this idea three months ago when his attorney from peter breen said hey he would have turned himself in rather than a he so even peter breen went on further to say quote rather than accepting mark hawk's offer to appear voluntarily the biden department of justice chose to make an unnecessary show of potential deadly force sending 20 heavily armed federal agents to the hawk residence at dawn this past friday explained breen quote in in threatening form after nearly breaking down the family's front door at least five agents pointed guns at mark mark's head and arrested him in front of his wife seven kids who were terrified their husband and father would be shot before their eyes. So currently, look, what happened, this oh, brief update, Mark Mark went to court, whatever, and then he's pled not guilty to the two counts before the federal court. It's like, it just goes back to this whole idea that this case, it, it like, so even Peter Breen, his attorney, he said, quote, this case is being brought solely to intimidate people of faith and pro-life Americans. So again, Sean, it goes back to the part of what we're saying. I don't, I don't think it's it's just. For, I, I mean, obviously, like pro life and and conservative Americans are are being attacked, right? But like, I think it's it's bigger than that, right? It's it's. Well, that's why I think we're making the the point. It's there's, we had the enemies list in that other thing previously, right? It's not innocent until proven guilty anymore, right? Well, that's it's, so it's we've guilty seen until this. proven innocent. Yeah, and we've seen that's exactly the opposite of what this nation is from everything that we've seen from since Donald Trump came down the escalator in 2015. All they've done for years now is go after anyone who disagrees in a manner that you're in search of state search a person until they find a crime. Look, you can search anybody and find a crime. At the end of the day, somebody you jaywalked, you did something, you ripped the mattress tag off a, a mattress. Everyone you like committed some crime somewhere, some way. So they'll find something on you. I mean, the Uniform Code of Military, uh, not Military Justice. Wow, I went to the UCMJ. But the criminal criminal code is a very, very large book. Um, and look, when I used to work at the U.S. Attorney's Office, man, we would always have to carry this these books, bring them into the court for the attorneys. And I mean, look, this thing's like probably three and a half inches thick. I was like, and trying to carry that with all our other files. I was like, man, you can just whop, whop somebody with this book, but it's, there's always something in that book. They can find something against anybody. But again, it's, so it all goes back to, are you walking the line? Are you doing what they say you're supposed that they claim you, you should do and not step out of line of what the government says. Even so, like, though we, they themselves are not doing it. I, I, I I'm just super, yeah. I, I like, I know that like we're trying to, you know, bring light to these things, but it, it's so frustrating. Like the double standard of, yeah. of, of how how everything's playing out right and it's like where are these people that are like well if this was nazi germany right like i would stand up right like 
all these people would say, oh, why didn't somebody stand up? Why didn't we send? Why are these FBI agents not standing up executing these arrest warrants or these search and seizure yeah. warrants, right? Like, why are they not standing up? They're supposed to be upholding the law. Oh, what yeah, law are they upholding? They're taking part of it. Right? And that's and, where they're taking part of. You're attacking people with government money, right? So they, at the end of the day, like somebody, they're going to get, they're going to be found guilty for something because they just don't have the funds to defend themselves for yep. eternity because the federal government will attack them until, until they give. Well, that's what I say. I can tell you, and this is, again, something from someone who's worked on that side of inside the government. It's very concerning to me working at inside the Department of Justice. They have endless means, right? So if they're targeting going after you, there's no end that they can, they will go to any end. It won't matter. And they will, it, because they have an endless book that our taxpayer dollars are paying for. So yeah, it's just very concerning, right? So these are things to be aware of. Like if they're creating, whether it's news agencies at that level, you have an enemy list that they're putting together and people to target, yet they're also going down to the URI or this pro-life activist, right? This is why we need to be aware of these things, right? It's because it, regardless of where you are, it's about saying it for truth for what's right and wrong. And we know in our heart is what's right and wrong. So I'm going to just to turn to something, I'm going to make some a little bit more we, lighter, lighter note for our... We should get to pick and choose where our tax dollars go, right? Okay, if I have yeah. to pay that if I have to pay taxes, fine. You're gonna take 25, 30% of my income and and that's what was voted on. I don't get a say in that. Okay, then I should at least get a say in where my tax dollars go. Right? Yeah. Like I don't my tax dollars shouldn't be paying for federal investigations into people. My well, right tax now, dollars you're should paying be paying for investigate yourself. Into, exactly, right? Like my tax scholars should be going to the military. Like that's like, it well, in, well, in that's my opinion. Part. Like that's the part for them. Like, yeah, we need a court system that's being lawfully and ethically operated, but now they've, they're just completely abusing the heck out of it. Right. Well, now um, they're going off of stuff. That's not even a court system like this January 6th committee. That's not even a well, lawful that, court. Well, yeah, their whole thing. It, that's a whole with that whole thing is set up so they can try and make sure and affect anyone who tries to work around Trump or anything towards Trump running again, which is what it's always been about. So again, to, um, to turn the tide from a little bit more, I'll say on a, on a brighter note of certain things, I thought this, this article was a little bit more. So I'm going to throw, there's a DC Enquirer article in here that uh, I thought was kind of pretty funny, Sean. That the uh, it's the Democrats go berserk after Golf Digest proclaims Trump the best golfing president ever. <laughs> which, oh, that's great! <laughs> which I was like, that's right. I thought I'd throw that curveball. You didn't see that one coming. It's the but he should be right. He owns a golf well, course. Well, like that's you, a part. Was... So this is, I mean, I, for, I forgot how much he owns, right? But it's obviously he owns golf multiple golf courses, um, and this is after Golf Digest just proclaimed the forty fifth president the greatest golfer of all time of all the presidents of the United States and anti-Trump Twitter went berserk. So it's, uh, which that's kind of, just kind of hysterical to me. I'm like, you guys really have nothing better to do with your time. That's what you want to argue over. But it's like, a, but golf dog, they promised the list of 20 top 20 golf handicaps of all the presidents of the United States. And Trump, of course, won first place by almost five points with an impressive 2.8 handicap. Look, I mean, that's really good. It's not again, not surprising. The guy owns golf course. He plays all the time. I mean, Barack. I mean, Barack Obama's up there, because I mean, Barack Obama's busy playing golf every two, every other minute. So around the recorder, he was playing around the golf. But here we are. So there's that one, right? Um, in other upbeat news for in Florida, this goes to Florida, right? There's another piece right here that MSN, uh, MSN article that Elon Musk will be delivering. Uh, 120 Starlink satellites to Southwest Florida to help provide residents get back online to the internet after Hurricane Ian. Which again, I think that, that's phenomenal. Elon's working. Ron DeSantis got in touch. Boom, work linked up with. No pun intended to Starlink. Linked up with Ron DeSantis and Elon Musk <laughs> um, for SpaceX to deliver internet kits. You know, right? I still don't. I still don't have a, a thumb on Elon Musk. Because uh, I don't trust anybody that has a billion dollars, oh. um, but he's he not. does he does do some 
somewhat no, he, good in the world. Well, that's exactly it, where he's not conservative. So everyone who just wants to immediately jump on that bandwagon, like settle yourself down. The guy started an electric company for his big belief in climate change um, at its core, right? But look, I will say Elon Musk has also come a long way to, you know, I'll say to be his uh, red pilled <laughs> in the matrix terms here. Um, he's been woken up to a lot of what's going on. So I think there's a lot to that, right? So look, he's, they're seeing a lot. And I think there was another thing, Elon Musk's talking about being a partnership possibly with something like Rumble. So there's a lot of stuff. I'm like, okay, he's, look, I don't trust it fully, but there's the idea to be aware of like, he's doing a lot of some good things. And right here, he turned around to help. Um, he's turning to help Florida get internet access so people can be in contact with their loved ones and open get communications going again back in, in Southwest Florida. Um, and so Governor Ron DeSantis, one quick tweet that he wrote on this was, thank you for your innovative technology. Floridians will be able to better connect with their loved ones. End quote, or end tweet, tweet whatever, whatever it is. Um, so again, just another, that's an upbeat thing. Elon Musk helping out towards Florida. And you have the 45th president as the best golfing president of all time. So <laughs> I think with that, Sean... Um, we're going to start wrapping up on the show, but there's actually, oh, well, actually, no, there's one piece. All right. Not to fully do this, but I have to throw this in here that the, this is, I don't know. This is kind of hysterical, right? That there's one thing that just caught my eye that from, there's a daily call article that I'll throw out there. Um, that everyone, you, look, you guys can go read this. Look, the Biden administration announced that it, it is appointing the wife of white house chief of staff, Ron Klain to be the special diplomat overseeing international animal and plant habitats. So, well, A, the level of corruption of that, because it, well, that's the other part of me, even if you believe in this climate change and all the other stuff, like we have plants and animals here. So it's, but I just find it funny. So the state state department appointed Monica Medina as the first ever U S special envoy for biodiversity and water resources. Um, and according, so, Klain's wife will adopt a quote, all government effort to represent the interests of plants and animals abroad because the administration believes that such species are currently threatened by climate crisis. Um, so this whole, again, we just gotta be aware. Look, the reason that me that this is concerning is the fact that she says this is gonna be all government effort, right? So they're going to ingrain this into every agency of the biz of our government again for climate change. So again, this is a piece for climate change, but somehow, if you wanted another example of how liberals put humanity last, well, again, this is going abroad and this green energy religion is putting the value of plants and animals abroad over our own. So I just thought, Sean, I, that was the last one. I just saw that. So I had to throw that one in here. That wasn't a good thing. That was just a, what the, like, what the heck type of thing. I'm like, we, we uh, need where our taxpayer dollars are paying for yeah, a special envoy of fuck, or animals and plants. I so, would love to see the Freedom of Information Act on where all those dollars are going. Well, that's and right. who's see connected to those dollars. Oh, yeah. We'll see the communications behind what's behind that all. So, um, all right. With that, uh, I know we're running over, so we're going to start wrapping this up. Um, Sean, you got anything to say before we I cut out? Uh, don't forget to pray and, yes. and be the difference, right? Don't love each other, try and have an open conversation and, and fight against the, you know, me versus you. And, and let's try and be united in this effort going forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm going to say again, as always, thank you all. Have a great week. And remember to stand for truth, kneel for God, be the light and God bless America. And one little thing we're going to do slightly different because I just saw this with that little, our special envoy for, plants and animal habitats. Um, I want to throw out a little, in honor of, in honor of the U.S. Special, new special envoy, uh, Monica Medina. I'm going to play a clip from a good response to climate change from the one, and we'll close this out with a clip from George Carlin. Thank you all again, and God bless America. See, I'm not one of these people who's worried about everything. You got these people around you, country's full of them now, people walking around all day long, all day long, worried about everything. Worried about the air, worried about the water, worried about the soil. Worried about pesticides, insecticides, food additives, carcinogens, worried about radon gas, worried about asbestos. 
worried about saving endangered species. Let me tell you about endangered species, all right? Saving endangered species is just one more arrogant attempt by humans to control nature. It is arrogant meddling. It's what got us in trouble in the first place. Doesn't anybody understand that? Interfering with nature. Over 90%, way over 90% of all the species that have ever lived on this planet, ever lived, are gone. They're extinct. We didn't kill them all. They just disappeared. That's what nature does. They disappear these days at the rate of 25 a day, regardless of our behavior, I mean. Irrespective of how we act on this planet, 25 species that were here today will be gone tomorrow. Let them go gracefully. Leave nature alone. Haven't we done enough? We're so self-important. So self-important. Everybody's going to save something now. Oh, save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save those snails. And the greatest arrogance of all, save the planet. What? Are these people kidding me? Save the planet? We don't know how to take care of ourselves yet. We haven't learned how to help one another. We're going to save the planet? I am getting tired of that sh I'm tired of Earth Day. I'm tired of these self-righteous environmentalists. I'm tired of these white, liberal, bourgeois, liberal, white people who think the only thing wrong with this planet is there aren't enough bicycle paths trying to make the world safe and clean for their Volvos. And I'm really sick, really sick of these rock stars and movie stars going to work off their cocaine guilt by saving a forest somewhere. Besides, besides, there's nothing... Besides, the, first of all, the environmentalists don't give a shit about the planet. They don't care about the planet. Not in the abstract, they don't. You know what they're interested in? A clean place to live. Their own habitat. They're worried that someday in the future they might be personally inconvenienced. Narrow, unenlightened self-interest doesn't impress me. Besides, there's nothing wrong with the planet. The planet is fine. The people are The people are Compared to the people, the planet is doing great. The planet has been here for four and a half billion years, all right? Four and a half billion. We've been here, what, 100,000? Maybe. 200,000? Maybe. And we've only been engaged in heavy industry for a little over 200 years. 200 years versus four and a half billion. And we have the conceit to think that somehow we're a threat? That somehow we're going to put in jeopardy this beautiful little blue-green ball that's just a floating around the sun? Planet has been through a lot worse than us for a long time. Been through earthquakes, volcanoes, plate tectonics, continental drift, solar flares, sunspots, magnetic storms, the magnetic reversal of the poles, bombardments for hundreds of thousands of years by comets and asteroids and meteors, sandstorms, erosion of all kinds, cosmic radiation, worldwide fires, worldwide floods, recurring ice ages, and we think... We think some aluminum cans and some plastic bags are going to make a difference? Planet isn't going anywhere. We are!